Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. All right, PCC, welcome to Radiant Church. We're back together, and welcome especially to those of you gathered in our house churches. Welcome to those of you gathered online. Uh, It is great to be together. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time. Uh, Our hearts are open. Our words, uh, the word is open. We have worshiped you. And now, Lord, we want to hear from you because we don't want to be the same. And Lord, you have raised us up as a church, I believe, for such a time as this. So give me clarity and give everybody listening understanding on what it means to be a stakeholder at PCC and what you have intended for us this coming year. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I met this last week with uh, a beautiful child of God. Her name is Grace, and she is a disciple of Jesus, disguised as a physical therapist. And she's serving in our community, actually leading the racial conversations with another beautiful child of God, James. And she sat and looked me in the eye, and we're just getting to know each other, and said, hey, if you had one message to give to PCC, what would it be? Thought about it very shortly. Because I said, actually, this three-week series on Radiant Church, that's it. If I had one message to give, I'd split it up into three parts because I talk a lot. And I would want everybody at PCC to know my heart. And I'd want them to know that you are loved by God, but everybody is born spiritually dead. And that's the bad news, but the good news is God's grace and mercy and love is greater than spiritual death. And through Christ, everybody qualifies. We'll see that today. Everybody qualifies not only to be brought from death to life, but to be transformed into what Ephesians 2.10 says is a masterpiece, a poema. And then I said, and then I want them to know that they were brought to life in Christ for a purpose. And the back end of Ephesians 2 talks about that, to be reconcilers on a human level, to break down walls of hostility. Ah, PCC, this is my heart, and this is the heart of this church, not only for this coming year, but it's been the heart of this body for decades. And so we are looking at this series called Radiant Church, and today I want to wrap it up in the book of Ephesians and actually jump in the passage where we get the whole title Radiant from. It's actually in the Bible. You know, the word church shows up about 107 times in the Bible, and I know that uh, of late, church has gotten a bad rap uh, in media and what have you, and maybe some of that's deserved, but I've got to just play my cards. You need to know, I love the church. I'm indebted to the church. I am the product of the church. Uh, This is my journal, and I was just noting some things and benefits I had from the church. It was the church that introduced me to Jesus when I was hyper-religious, and it left me wanting, and I ran away from religion. It was the church, a community of followers of Christ who brought me back to Christ. It was the church that healed my image of God. It was the church that is healing my image of myself. It was a church that challenged me to have the eyes of Jesus for all of my fraternity brothers and other people I interact with, not only on my college campus, but now as I've grown older. It was a church that taught me and made God's word come alive and form me into the image of Christ. It was a church that gave me my calling 
to live into this vocation. It was the church that provided spiritual mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers that are more intimate to me than even my own blood family. It was the church that introduced me to Anne, my wife of almost 30 years. It was the church that helped Anne and me grow five daughters, four of whom are outside the house. It was the church that introduced us to our fifth daughter in the Democratic Republic of Congo. It was the church that let me lead worship one time. No lie, one time. I was a worship leader at a church service. And it was the church that had the guts to say to me, you should never lead worship again. Friends, I am biased on the church. I know we get a lot of things wrong, but friends, when we get it right, when we live into being this radiant community, oh my goodness, it's powerful. And so for the last two weeks, I've been unfolding for you, uh, trying to get us to flip the script, if you will. Instead of being inundated with the tsunami of headlines from our word of the year coming, unprecedented times, I'm praying that we write some headlines in the homepage of heaven, I call it. And here's the headline I wanna write for 2021. PCC grows as a Christ-centered, radiant church and through the gospel breaks down two walls in, in particular. Here's the first, we talked about this last week, generational walls. Generational walls, we empower the generations to passionately follow Christ and we create a community that is a model for our city where kids and students and teenagers thrive. The second, you ready? Ethnic walls broken down in a, in a culture that's racially divided. We want to become a community where ethnic walls are broken down. We looked at this last week and we become a model for the city of a multi-ethnic community, mutually empowered, where it's safe and people are thriving. I know that's audacious and certainly is ambitious, but that's what we're shooting for this year. So I want you to turn to Ephesians 5, 25 to 27, and let's explore this term, radiant church. I wanna show you where that word comes from, and then I wanna uh, unpack for you how we grow in radiance. How are we gonna grow in radiance, specifically this coming year? Uh, Ephesians 5 is actually the last place you would expect to see the word church because Paul is unpacking um, uh, an excursus on marriage, of all things, in Ephesians 5. And in the excursus on marriage, he uses the word church four different times. We're just going to read three verses of Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. Here's what it says. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a, here it is, radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Let's unpack some words and walk a little slower in this passage. The word church uh, is a Greek word that means ekklesia, Ek means out of, klesia means calling. Out of and calling, seemingly mutually exclusive words, but what it means is a gathering or an assembly of followers of Christ who are called out of the culture. It's a called out gathering of believers. Now you need to know this is really important to not only to our year, but to a core conviction at PCC. Church is not a place, church is a people. 
Church isn't about where, it's about who. It was always intended to help form and transform a called out identity within followers of Jesus Christ. We gather to reorient ourselves about this very identity. We grow, we give, we go for that very reason. Much like a marriage, since this is a passage on marriage, there's so many parallels here. You know, my marriage to Anne, our marriage was never about a location. You know, we were married in Ross, California. Some of you watching this were actually at the wedding. And when we left the church to go to our reception, then when we left the reception to go to our honeymoon, we were no less married. We were still married because our marriage wasn't a place. It was an identity. It was a vital relationship. Maybe that's why Paul puts the word church in the middle of a discourse on marriage because church isn't a place. Church isn't a location. Just as I don't go to marriage, I'm outside my house right now. I am no less married right now in this sanctuary where we're filming this than I am in my home when I'm with my wife and daughters. I don't go to marriage. I am married. Jesus never had in mind that church would be a building. Uh, when this passage was written, Paul never had in mind in the church of Ephesus that it would be a building. Uh, five years ago, our family was given a grant on my sabbatical to go study the footsteps of Paul. And then I said goodbye to the family and I continued on in a course of study. And so we actually, as a family, were in Ephesus. And I got to tell you, it was amazing. Maybe the most amazing archaeological uh, uncovering I've ever encountered in my short looking through archaeological uncoverings. It was, it was unbelievable. And even though they've only unearthed a third of the city, it is amazing in its splendor. When this book was written during its time, Ephesus had one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, the Temple to Artemis. The Temple to Artemis was three football fields long, one and a half football fields wide. It was monumental, and every night, thousands of temple prostitutes would come out of the temple for the city to worship with them. Uh, they had a plumbing system, even in that ancient city, in their bathhouse. They had incredible commerce, incredible intellect, uh, a three-story library in the city of Ephesus. Incredible arts. You can still walk into a 25,000-seat auditorium. Incredible wealth. I remember walking down with my family the main street of Ephesus, and I thought, wow, if I was transported back 2,000 years when this book was written and Ephesus was in all its splendor, and I saw the Temple of Artemis looming over the city, and the church didn't even have a building, it was just a fledgling group of people meeting in a house, who would I bet on? <laughs> who would I bet on to be transformative of the culture 2,000 years later. Well, I mean, walking 2,000 years later down the street, you know what the Temple of Artemis is? It's one pillar. The ruin is just one pillar. And the church has circumvented the world because the gospel can't be stopped or contained in a building. Why and how did they do this? This church was a force to be reckoned with. It was radiant because they had an experience with Jesus. They had the Holy Spirit to animate them and guide them. They had a bold faith. They prayed dangerous prayers, and they had a heart for their neighbors 
to know Jesus. Friends, they were an unstoppable, radiant force. What if we could renew that passion in our day? What if, my friends, what if we had a brand new, fresh experience with Jesus? And what if we start praying dangerous prayers for bold faith? What if, my friends, we were animated by the Holy Spirit and asked him to guide us and empower us? And what if we were bold in our invitations? Wouldn't it be ironic as the church doors are closed, that the church actually grows in the pandemic. Friends, these are dark times, but these are times ripe for a radiant church. So that's the word church. Let's look at the word radiant. The word radiant appears a handful of times all through the Bible. Radiant described the experience of God visiting Moses on Mount Sinai, if you remember that experience. Radiant described Moses' face glowing After the experience, they put a veil over his face to protect the glow. Radiant in the word of God uh, describes the word of God in the book of Psalms. It says, your word is radiant. Radiant is how Jesus was described in John chapter 1, the light coming into the darkness. Radiant describes Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration when when he met with Moses and Elijah on that mountain and glowed and became super white. Radiant describes Jesus right now in Revelation chapter 1 and as he is now when the Apostle John saw him there. Radiant, the word means sending out light, shining or glowing brightly. Uh, Radiant is consuming. Think about it. Radiant is consuming. You can't hide it. Uh, There's a brightness to it. It is fluid. It is beautiful. We used it two weeks ago and described it as a super bloom in a desert. Remember that? That's radiant. I want you to take a minute and split up in groups, or if you're by yourself, think of yourself. When have you had an experience with radiance here on planet Earth? When have you had an experience with radiance here on planet Earth? Ready? Go. I think my most radiant experience on this planet Earth happened 30 years ago when, uh, at my wedding, when uh, we 
uh, the entrance song was crown him with many crowns and the wedding party had come in and the doors closed and I was standing there with my groomsmen and waiting and waiting all of a sudden the crescendo at this church in Ross, the doors open and there's Anne, there's my bride dressed in white coming down an aisle for me. I was undone, I was undone. You know what I'm getting at right now in our dark times, our dark times call for a radiant church, a radiant church. How do we get there? We see it in verse 27. How do we get there? Well, look again at verse 25 to 27. The Apostle Paul in that passage talks about making her holy, holy. To the degree that we're holy will be the degree that we grow in radiance. Now, holy gets a bad rap. And I want you to not think of holiness as the absence of anything. I want you to think of holiness as the super abundant presence of good. The super abundant presence of good, completely free from entrapment so that you are radiant and a super abounding in good. That's, that's a great definition of holiness. And we actually define it here at PCC by our six values. If you want to fly your flag at PCC and commit in this community, we actually believe this is what holiness looks like. Our six values. You're living the word of God. You're seeking social justice. You're following the Holy Spirit. You're sharing Jesus Christ because he's too good to be contained. You're practicing healthy relationships. You're giving generously. Friends, that's holiness. That's a life that's overflowing. That's a radiant life. And it's never been needed more than this time. How ironic, I'll say it again, that when the physical doors are closed due to a pandemic and racial and political tensions are on the rise and fires are raging up and down the coast and smoke has filled the skies and schools have shut down and teachers and parents are scrambling, I've got to tell you, I have seen glimpses of radiance at PCC like never before. I see it in our teachers that call PCC home, actually disciples of Jesus disguised as teachers, who are showing up courageously to a screen every day to love kids, not just love them, but pray for them as they see their little boxes on the screen. Friends, I've seen it uh, in uh, our medical profession, and doctors and nurses and physical therapists showing up courageously to be healers, but dispensers of hope. I saw it on a Zoom memorial for Carol Phelan, this amazing saint who died during COVID. And I saw the church gather, and I saw amazing testimonies as the church shared about her life, but also as people served her right to her grave. I see it in PCC police officers who are trying to live a different kingdom narrative and put the servant back in public servant and supernaturally be used of God and courageously show up and live a different narrative. I see it again as we film today in the parking lot right now as PCCers are courageously taking boxes and because of you and because of me, we're feeding 125 families a week in Jesus' name, not just offering food, offering hope, prayer, and the gospel. Friends, this is radiance. So how do we grow into that? Look at verse 25. Look at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And here's the key word. 
not only for a great marriage, but the key word for a great radiant church, and gave himself up for her to make her holy. Gave himself up for her to make him holy. How do we grow in a radiant community? What is the biggest threat to us becoming a radiant community? Getting over ourselves. I'll say it this way. It's not about you. It's not about me. Let me try a third way. Get over your selfie. Every radiant marriage and every radiant church have this one thing in common. They are other-centered focused. Other-centered. It's not about you. Every great husband is focused on how to serve his spouse, his wife. Every great wife is focused on how they serve their husbands. That's the key to a growing marriage, and it's the key to a growing church. You know, we used to have a stakeholders class, and those are new members, and I would meet with them, and I would say, every stakeholders class, listen, enjoy this time right now, because these are the most rights you'll have. Because the longer you're here, the mark of maturity, the less rights you have, the more you live for others. Listen, that's not just in Ephesians 5. Look at this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. It says, and he died for all, for all PCC, Jesus died for, that those who live, here it is, should no longer live for themselves. Where is the Holy Spirit convicting you right now around that passage? Where do you find yourself living for yourself? And why? Why am I holding on so tightly? What am I afraid of by laying down my rights like Jesus did? They no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Friends, this is the divide that keeps us from becoming uh, fully radiant as God designed us to be. To the degree we are holding on to us will be the degree that we forfeit living into and being the radiant community. You know what the biggest threat to my marriage is? And I've been married 30 years. Ann and I have a great marriage. We work hard on our marriage. We have a growing marriage. Um, it's not the perfect marriage. But the biggest threat to our marriage, on my part, it's not my workaholism. It's not my people-pleasing brokenness. It's not the crazy demands of being a pastor uh, here at PCC or being a father of five. Uh, it's not the threat of a mistress or drugs. I don't do drugs or my love for sports. The biggest threat to our marriage is Gary Gadini being consumed with Gary. My rights, my wants. And the biggest threat to a radiant church to us empowering the generations passionately follow, to passionately follow Jesus one person at a time. It's the same. We have a lot of diversity, generationally speaking, at this church. And a church like ours will go under if we keep asking, well, what about me? What about my rights? Gadini, you talk about those two walls coming down, like, like helping kids and teens thrive. What about me? I want to thrive too. Or you talk about ethnic walls, tumbling down so we can cross the divide and empower someone of other ethnic uh, origin. Well, what about me? My life matters too. Listen, I'm not saying your life doesn't matter. I'm saying if we're going to follow Christ, we're going to go to places that are messy and that uh, people need to be empowered 
and we live into the generational and ethnic and racial diversity. And it's gonna only take place as we take and have the courage to die to ourselves and cross the walls. Friends, what about me? Meet my needs. That mindset is like a rolling blackout that kills a radiant church. Friends, we've got to get over ourselves. And that's my prayer for us in this coming season, that we would uh, learn what it means to die to ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus on this journey. Uh, to do this, we have a series coming up called The Essentials, where we're inviting everyone to get in a group and grow and uh, grow through this series and learn about this thing called the fruit of the Spirit. Not living from our flesh, but dying to ourselves and living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't miss this series, especially as we enter this hot, contested, painful, divisive political season. Uh, we are praying that we live in this democracy, holding our political values, but holding them in a godly way. So, my friends, do you see why if this is true, you can't just go to church. Do you see why the church is not a destination? The church is an identity. It's not a building. It's a people. It's you. It's me. And we just don't go to church. We are the church. And we exist for the world not for ourselves. So in these dark times, and they're unprecedented, but these times are ripe for the church of Jesus to go out in the power of Jesus and offer the hope of Jesus being radiant to a hurting world. I wanna close by challenging us to four commitments, and you've gotta commit. I'm asking everyone that calls PCC home, I, not, I know not everyone does, and you don't need to believe in order to belong. I mean that. You can commit to this whether you believe or not, but I want you to be clear. In these last three weeks, this is where we're headed. We are inviting people to walk this, what we call the G4 pathway with us, where you commit to gather. You pick a gathering, 9, 10.30, online, on-site, get in a house church, commit to it. Don't go when it's convenient. Make a commitment to it. You gather every week. And then you grow. You commit to a small group. You know, I've been a part of a, the same small group for almost 15 years here at PCC. Longer than that, it's been about 20 years here at PCC. And you know what? I would not be the man I am apart from this band of brothers in this small group. Commit to a small group. Get in one of these cultivate groups so you can grow. Circles are better than rows. And then give. We invite you unashamedly to give uh, we call it planned, prioritized, percentage giving. You plan it out. You pick a percentage. The Bible uses 10% as a standard. Uh, some of us are beyond 10%. Some of us are, this is new to us, and we're growing into 10%. And then you prioritize it. You don't give it at the end of the month if you have enough. You give it first to, implow, to deploy the work of God through the church, but also to untether your heart to things. You know who the most joy-filled people I know? This is, this is hands down. They're the most generous people I know. You know who the most miserable people I know are? The most miserly, same root word. They're clinging to their stuff and living in fear. Listen, there is joy in giving. 
If you're not in the habit of doing it, please start now. And if you don't want to give through PCC, if you think I have ulterior motives, that's fine. I don't. I have an ultimate motive. I want you to look like Jesus. And God so loved the world, he gave. That's my ultimate motive. But you can text me. You can, no, don't text me, but you can email me. I'll give you an email of a great ministry you can give to. And you can experience the joy of giving. Gather, grow, give, go. Last one. Go in prayer. Join us Wednesdays for prayer. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your workmates. Pray for your school if you're a student. Uh, go and invite people. It's never been easier to invite people to this gathering. Uh, go with your time and serve. Help us on Tuesdays distributing food. Go down to Street Life. Uh, serve in student ministry and children's ministry. We need that. We're building up uh, a team of people so that when we do relaunch and can meet live, uh, we'll be ready to receive children. And then go to the website, brand new website, and go there and discover all the things that are happening at PCC. PCC, it's unprecedented time. And this is our moment. We're swinging for the fences. And we're not asking for you to come in your fullness, because I'm not. I am broken. I am exhausted. I am depleted. But I'm bringing all that I am to the Lord, saying, God, animate this and use this. Join me in that. And let's become a radiant church together. Amen? Father, I thank you for this time. And I pray for us. Lord, we've laid it out for three weeks. I pray now that we have laid it out, that we live it out. That we wouldn't just be hearers, we'd be doers. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.